0: Allow us to reach a higher that will allow us to reach a higher level of of success, and uh, they've done a bunch of studies that that they studied a bunch of people who they considered highly successful, and one of the things that they found was that people who were highly successful they lived differently than people who were not. They, they 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 applied a whole different set of principles to their lives than people. Uh, maybe who who didn't. And so there's two things you need to know about the laws of success we're talking about. Number one, uh, the laws of success can be used by anyone. The laws of success can be used by anyone and actually their internal character qualities. And so it's not where you were born, it's not what color you are, it's not how much money your parents made, it's not the education that you got. Um, those weren't the common denominators of people who reached high levels of success, they were internal qualities. And here's the thing, all of us can develop internal qualities. Internal qualities, how we live internally and some of the things that we live by, those can be uh, developed and adapted into our lives. And the second thing is this, all the laws we talk about, they all come directly from the Bible. And so uh, it's biblically based, it's not some motivational uh, motivational talk or anything. So let's review real quick. First of all, law number 1 is is the law of vision. The law of vision, the law of vision says you need to know where you're going to actually get there. And some people are waking up, they're working very hard, but they don't have a clear vision, a goal, a target for where they want to be. And and if you don't have a target of where you're going, you'll never you'll never you'll never get there. It's kind of like this. I I ask people go home and write a vision for the for The different areas of your life. And, you know, if you're married you say, I want to have a great marriage. Well, what what makes a great marriage? Define it. A great marriage means we don't fight. Well, if that's your definition of a great marriage, I'm happy for you. But a great marriage is better than that, right? There's more than that. You have to define it so you can take the action steps to get there. Number two, the law of the mind. The law of the mind says this, that successful people, they think differently than the normal person. The normal person, when something goes wrong, they just throw in the towel, well, I tried, you know, this and that. They get depressed. The the normal, the, the successful people, they think, well, I did something, it didn't work. There has to be a better way to do it. Let me pray about that. Let me try to learn some different techniques so I can try it again but try it in a different way and hopefully I'll be more effective. Then law number three, we talked about last week, was the law of sowing and reaping. And the law of sow- sowing and reaping says this. What you have in your life right now is because of the things you did last week, last month, and last year. Whatever we sow, whatever we plant, whatever we invest, whatever we do, that's what we receive in our life. So the law of sowing and reaping says this, if you don't like where you're at in life, then just change what you're doing today. And, you know, uh, the, 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 the key thing is this, is that um, you will get multiplied what, what you put into life, what you put into relationships, what you put into your career. And so today is num- law number four, and this is the law the law of life management. The law of life management, and, and let, let me talk a little bit about this. Early in my leadership journey, when I began being a youth pastor and different things, when I was in the military, I realized that my ability to maximize my time would be essential uh, to being productive and effective as as a leader. Peter Drucker said this, nothing else distinguishes effective executive executives as much as their tender loving care of time. And so our time, how we spend our time really determines what we get in life and and so anyway, I knew, I knew that I needed to improve on this, and I was young. I was 25 years old, and uh, I realized that, man, I've got to get better at managing my time. And so I went to a time management uh, seminar. Actually, it was a leadership seminar, but they had a breakout section, and it was all on uh, time management and managing your life and so on and so forth. And uh, the guy, the person that was leading, he, said, he gave an analogy that I thought was so powerful. Because he, here's one of the problems is we always have excuses why we can't do something. But excuses get you nowhere in life. I, in my personal I've just I've talked to thousands of people, I know a lot of people, and we are professional excuse makers. Everyone has an excuse why someone else can do it and they don't. And he he said this, our days, all of our think about this, all of our days, they're like identical suitcases. But although, uh, the suitcases, you know, they're all the same size and shape. Some people fit more into their suitcases than others because they know how to pack. So, I mean, some people are walking around with a the, with the big old suitcase, but they got one pair of socks in there, right? And other people got all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff. Do any of you overpack when you go on trips? I do. I do. I overpack. Tracy says, you have as much, your suitcase is as big as mine. I said, So? She said, you don't need 13 shirts. We're going be gone for six days. Hey, it's there if I need it. I will not be shamed and unloading, all right. That's what I'm going with. Do I use everything? No, I don't come close. But I have comfort because it's there if I need it, right. It's there if I need it. All right, so, so here's the deal. If you think about your life, think about all of our lives are like a suitcase. But they're all the same size and shape. But some people fit more into their suitcase than others. And so when you see people that are highly successful, what you learn is they are learning, they're maximizing what they put in that suitcase. They know how to pack. They know how to plan. They know how to organize. And so I left the conference, that seminar that day, with two impressions. First of all is this, is that time is an equal opportunity employer. Everybody gets 24 hours in one day, no more, no less. But not everybody gets the same return on their 24 hours, right? Um, second, the second thing I realized was this that there, there's really no such thing as time management. Time cannot be managed, time cannot be controlled anyway. Time marches on no matter if you want it to or not. You cannot manipulate time. It's kind of like if you get in a taxi cab. That cab driver doesn't care if you want to sit there for 45 minutes and text or whether you want to drive somewhere. The meter is running. Right? And every day when we wake up, the meter of time in our life is running. Every when you leave today, you have you have about an hour and a half less time than you did when you got here. But that hour and a half can help you do, be more productive, right? That's what, that's what we're hoping. So, so think about that. Time cannot be manipulated. It cannot, you know, people are talking about I want to steal time. I want to find extra time. Everyone has the same amount of time. It's just how you use the time you have. Do you want to go home and watch four hours of television? Do you want to spend five hours online surfing the Internet? Do you want to text for six hours a day? Or do you want to do something productive? I'm not saying those things aren't productive, okay. I'm just, just, just throwing it out there for you. So think about this, even with all of his wealth, someone like Bill Gates, he cannot buy time. His time on earth, it's allotted, it's it's been allotted uh, by God. And so again, 24 hours is the best any of us is going to get. So the question is, if we can't manage time, if we can't manipulate time, if we can't buy more time, uh, what can we do? The, The answer is this, we have to manage ourselves better. And so I think instead of time management, it's life management. We have to manage our life in such a way that we're packing as many things, as many of the right things into our suitcases as, as we need. Again, you can have a suitcase full of socks and underwear and go on a 30-day trip, but if you don't have any pants or shirts, you're going to have a problem. we got to make sure that there's not just stuff in our suitcase, but it's the, it's the right stuff. So... Am I getting the best use out of my time? That's what we have to really think about it. Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17, it says this. It says, to look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. So two scriptures here that say we have, we're supposed to make the best use of our time. So there's two things I get from these scriptures. First of all, there is, a, there is a best use of our time. And then there are other uses of our time that aren't as valuable. If you think about your day. There are some things you do during your day they are a lot more valuable than other things do some things are a good use of your time they produce good fruit in your life and other things other things are just that they may be bad or they may be not good or bad they're just they're just there and then the second thing is this notice it says that we have to understand what the will of the lord is understand what the will of the lord is let me go back to number one because all of my series, they, they build from week one to week two to week three to week four. And again, week one, if, if, if you weren't here, you can go back and let's do it on our website. But it, it's, it's about clarifying a vision for our life. See, when you clarify a vision for your life, uh, what happens is then you can decide what the best use of your time is. You manage your life around the vision that you have for your life. If you don't have a vision for your life, if you don't have a target, goals, values, places you want to get to, how do you, you can't manage your life because you don't know where you really want to be. So how do you, how do you say no to some things and yes to some other things? So very, very important. Let me, let me give you some examples. If, if a relationship with God is a priority, then you have to spend some of your time in spiritual pursuits. Some of your time has to be in In Bible reading in prayer in small groups and and fellowshipping with other with other believers if if family is a priority and I believe it should be then you have to spend some of your time working on your marriage working on relationships with your kids and and with your relationships with your extended family if if maximizing your career maximizing the potential in the marketplace your career if that's very important then, then some of your time should be spent, uh, you know, trying to do things that help you grow in, in, in your career. One of the main reasons people don't grow in their, their career is that they never, they never take, they, they, they never learn how to do more things. They never take any classes they never go to any extra school they never volunteer for areas that they could actually learn how to do same things that are very valuable to the company so let me give you an example about maybe about 2 years ago i had a, had a man come to me and so he had he had gotten married maybe he was he got married a little later maybe about 28 30 years old and so and him and his wife they both worked And shortly after they had it, they had their first child and so he was telling me that he was you know, with the two jobs they had, they, with his job, he wasn't he want, they wanted the wife to be able to stay at home and not have to put their kids in daycare, and, and when I'm, I'm just saying that's what they wanted, but the problem was his his job didn't make enough money to where his wife would not have to work, so I said, well, what, what do you need to do? He's like, well, I need to go back to school and get my master's degree. I would make about 20000 more a year, and that, that would allow my wife to stay home. And, uh, but then he said something that's very interesting. He said, yeah, but if, now it would take him about a year and a half, I think, to do the master's degree online at home in the evenings, whatever. And he said, he said but, you know, that would really take away quality time for my family, uh, so I don't think I'm going to do it. So now that was two years ago. So today they're doing what they don't want to do. They're both working, they have their child in daycare, and he's not going to school um, because he didn't want to do that. Well, if he would have made that decision today, he could, they could be there, right? And so so ju- just think about this with me. I, and, and I tried to encourage you. I'm like, look, a year and a half, a little sacrifice for a year and a half, you make $20,000 more a year. In 20 years, that's $400,000 more that's coming into your family without your wife working. And hey, he had a job that was just Monday through Friday, so he had Saturday and Sundays off, and yeah, he goes to school at night, but it wasn't like he wasn't going to be able to see his family. He was going to be doing school from home, right? His kid's going to be running in there anyway. But anyway, just, I, I'm, I'm just saying that we all have decisions to make, and sometimes people, you know, they don't want to sacrifice a little bit here to get a lot on the back end, but again, life management says, hey, I have to manage my life in such a way that I keep increasing and gaining value in doing things as we move forward. A guy named Charles Spezzano, he wrote a book called What to Do Between Birth and Death, The Art of Growing Up. And he said this, he said, you don't really pay for things with money, you pay for them with time. I thought that was really interesting. Because basically what he's saying is, if it takes you five years to save up to put a down payment on a house, that house costs you five years, right? So, which and most people say, well, that that's okay. If you're going on a family vacation and you save up a year to go on a family vacation, that family vacation costs you a year of your life. I hope you enjoy it. Now, if you do what a lot of people did do and you put it on credit card, say, man, that vacation cost me four years and it's still going, right? That better be a heck of a vacation, all right? But But, but think about this. One time, one of my boys... Came up to me, and they said, uh, "Hey, Dad, could um, could I could I have? Hey, it wasn't much. It was like fifteen dollars, kind of fifteen dollars for this thing over here." And I reached in my pocket, and then I thought, "Well, hey, he's got, he works, he's got money." And I said, "Well, you got some money?" He's like, "Oh, never mind." I'm like, "Oh, it's worth it if it's my money. <laughs> it's not worth it if it's yours." Okay, but but th- th- think about this: if 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 your marriage is not healthy, your marriage isn't doing good. This this. This blows me away that, you know, we have about 400 people in church. And, I like, I know that there's people with marriages that are not healthy. I know that because they come talk to me. But they won't take an eight-week course. They won't, If we have a, a one-day workshop on a Saturday, they never come to these. They never come to these. Um, but yet they come and tell me their marriage isn't happy. See, that's not good life management. Life management says if something isn't good... I'm going to do my best so it can get better. And think of this, one eight-week course could mean 25 years of a better marriage. I mean, think about it. But what they're saying is the cost of an hour on eight Wednesdays, what they're saying is that's not worth 25 years of marriage. Now, they're not really saying that they haven't thought about it, but I have. So I just put that out there for you, okay? There's a a poet named Carl Sandberg, and he said this, That time is the most valuable coin in your life. You and you alone will determine how that coin is spent. Be careful that you do not let other people spend it for you. And this is what I found is so many people, they're spending their coin, their time. They're spending their lives trying to please other people, trying to do what other people want them to do. And here's the thing. When we, our life management, when we spend our time, it's like, it's like putting coins down. So think about if you get a coin for every hour of the day, and every hour you spend, there's a coin. Are you happy with where your coins are going? Because there's only a certain amount of them. All of us have an allotted time, you know, well, and, and, it, and it goes fast. Are you happy with how you're spending the coins of your life? Are you, are you, are you happy with that? And if not, there's things we can do. So let, let's talk about this. If we're going to manage our life better, if, if we want to be more productive, if we want to eliminate the things that aren't important and focus on the things that are, if we want to reach higher levels of success, if we want to reach God's potential in our lives, we have to, we have to manage our lives better. But, you know, there, there are some barriers to life management, some barriers to life management. Let's talk about a few of these. The first one is busyness. Uh, people today are so busy but here's what i notice that most people don't like what they're busy doing people complain all the time because they're busy but they don't like what they don't like what they're busy on and again if we don't like what we're busy on then we should change at the end of every day you should be happy with how you spent that day now I understand that you have to work, and some work days are not as good as others. But I mean, for the, but even if you had a bad day at work today, that work provided for my family to eat, have clothes. All the, to me, that's 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 time well spent. Okay. There, but there seems, I talk to people, and there seems to be a sense of frustration, resentment, and even anger, because most people feel like they're trapped in a cycle of busyness that they can't escape. I'm going to give you one line right now that will allow you to escape the frustration of spending your life how you don't want to spend your life. And the escape plan is this, back to week one, create a vision for your life and then plan, manage your life around that. So again, get a vision for your career, get a vision for your marriage, get a vision for raising your kids, get a vision for retirement, whatever you want to do. Get a vision for your spiritual life. And then spend all of your time and energy trying to get to that vision. You see, if you're, if you're going in the right direction, it doesn't matter if it takes you six months or three years to get there. When we're going in the right direction, it gives us a sense of faith. It gives us a sense of hope. It gives us a sense of expectancy because I'm not there yet, but I'm closer than I was six months ago. So we have to manage our lives. You cannot manage your life if you don't know where you're going. So, again, if you haven't, go home today and write a vision, statement for your life of where you want to be in a year, two years, three years down the line. Number two is uh, the, the second barrier to life management is is trying to please people. All right, I need an honest moment here. Raise your hand if you're a people pleaser. Isn't that funny? The people pleasers are married to someone who's not a people pleaser, so they're just they're just working you, right? I'm, I'm kidding, Lord forgive me. I'm kidding. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, honestly, the the, the the truth of the matter is, we, we should all we I mean, our intent shouldn't be to annoy people or bother people. We should try to do pleasing things if if we can. But the thing is, some people are dominated by fear of pleasing people. And here's the bad news. People are unpleasable. I mean, they're, they're unpleasable. When I first started this church, you know, we, we had like eight or ten people, and somebody would come visit the church, and they would say, man, I, if you had this, I would come. So I started that, and they didn't come. So after a few years of wearing myself out, I'm like, heck with it. I'm going to do what I want. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm going to do what God wants me to do because, you know, I had one guy, true story, you know, he, he, one guy, and he um, he told me, Pastor, if you did a Bible study on Jeremiah, I would for sure come. His name was Lynn. I'm calling him out if he listens. I said, Lynn, you didn't take the seven-week Bible study we had last month. Jeremiah is 52 chapters. You think you're going to come to that? And I'm telling you, he had an honest moment with God. he's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, I wouldn't come. But it was a good thought, right? But don't we do that? We, we, we say things trying to please people. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll come. And then, oh, my gosh, I promised that, you know. When we first got married, Tracy used to tell me, um, my dad would ask me to do so many things. Oh, he would ask me to do so many things. And before I would answer him on one thing, he would ask something else. And and Tracy's like, you just got to tell him no. And I'm like, do you know my dad? You know, I mean, he's just, you know, and, and so anyway, and, and I and I and I did, but man, some people are harder to say no to than others, you know. And and uh, anyway, and plus, no one wants to tell their dad no. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. It says this. This is a great scripture. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. So I just want you to get that. If you're dominated by the fear of what other people think, and you're always trying to please them that will become a snare in your life. And you will live, you will spend much of your time doing things to please other people instead of doing things to please God because he's asked you to do some things. Okay? And the fear of man will prove to be a, a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe or is kept safe. So no matter how hard you try, it's just impossible to please people. So the key is to spend time on the priorities that God has given you to do the third thing is this the third reason that sometimes we're not as uh, good at managing our life is because we're disorganized and 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 i and i do get this that organization it's a gift it's a gift some people i know some people that can walk into somewhere and organize everything i'm actually good at that i just don't like doing it (laughs) You ever get? I can do it, but I don't want to do it, you know. But 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 think think about this. Uh, I want I want you to know this. If everyone, like if you're a totally disorganized person, if you can just gain fifty percent more organization, it'll make dramatic differences in your life. And here's what I want to say is that the reason we don't like to become organized is because it takes time to get organized. But when you spend time to get organized. It it maximizes your time on the back end, right? You're not missing things, doing things. So, so the reason, the reason we fail at at, at making permanent changes in our lives is mainly due to our lack of organization. Let, let me give you some illustrations. Um, you know, so maybe maybe you start a new diet, right? But you don't plan your meals for the week. So you leave home. What do you do? You eat whatever whatever is available or easy, right? I, I mean that. I mean. If you want to have a diet change, like you got to plan, you got to plan your eating. If if you want to spend more time as a family, but you never put anything on the calendar, it never happens. Uh, you want to get back on track financially, but you never take the time to make a budget for your spending or learn how to better manage your, finan- your financial resources. So like, you know, making a budget, man, in the beginning it takes a lot of time trying to plan things out. But the back end is, it really helps you out because you have something to guide you. So if you want to spend your time on the best things, you have to make plans or it will never happen. You have to to organize your life. And so I'm going to give you a little strategy real quick. So here's what I suggest. You take a, a few hours at the end of every month to organize your life for the upcoming month. And, and organizing your time, organizing your life, it's just like making out a budget. The first time, you're not going to do very well. And, and it, it takes, it may take you and your wife several hours to do this. But the result is, now as I go through the next month, I know everything I have to do at certain times. I know where I have to be. And that allows me to say no to some things and yes to some other things. But I have a whole month of, of things Lined out, So I believe it's there on your notes. I, I, I created a little formula for you. Actually, it's not mine. I got it from someone else years ago, and it's really, really helped me. Um, the first thing is you ra- rate the task in terms of importance, okay, in terms of importance. So uh, basically you, you write out the things. If something is critical, which means it, is, it has to be done, you put a 5 on that. If something is necessary, that's a 4. Some things are necessary that we don't like. I understand that. If it's important, you give it three points. Helpful two, marginal one. Now, then you go to the next point is decide the task's urgency. So how important is it? And then urgency, when does it have to be done? Okay, and so if it's, hey, it has to be done this week, that's five points. If it has to be done this month, that's four points. This quarter, three points. Next quarter or so, Four to five months away, two points. And at the end of the year, one point. So then step three is you multiply. You multiply the rate of importance times the rate of urgency. Okay. So if something is critical and it has to be completed this week, five times five is going to get a 25. Now, something may be critical. Think about this. Something may be critical, but it's not due for six months. So. Or the end of the year, so five times one is five. So both of them are critical, but one has to be done in two weeks and one has to be done in eight months. So think about this. Uh, You know, filing your, uh, this is going to shock some of you, I know. I hate to just spring it on you, but it's critical for you to file your taxes. Some of you are like, what? It's critical for you to to file your taxes. If it's January, it's not super critical. What's, what's, what's the deadline? April 20th? 16th. The what? 16th. See, I don't file my taxes. Tracy does. so I, I That's on unheard of deal. But if it's a week before that date, it's critical and it's urgent. Unless you like calls from the IRS. Some of you may like that. So, so you see what I'm saying is, you know, um, if your anniversary is next week, that's critical, <laughs> guys. It's critical. I'm just telling you. Put in a five on that. And it's urgent. That's a 25. Go get a gift or, or do something planned for that. But see, I think part of the problem is we're doing things that need to be done, but we're putting them in front of critical things that are necessary. And if you don't do something critical or urgent, it creates havoc in your life. And so, we're, we're missing deadlines, we're doing things, if you go through and, like, if you want to spend time with your with your family, you say, hey, we want to do it this month, you know, obviously that's, I think it's critical to do that, but it's not really urgent, it doesn't matter if it takes this place next week or the third week or the fourth week of the month, you just want to get, you just want to get it done, and so I, I've used this, I've used this for a number, for a number of years to really help me because it, when I go through, and, and I, I do more than that. I, I I do like three months at a time. And I, when I score things, it shows me the importance of things that I have to do, and things that are important, but they don't have to be done. They don't have to be done until later. But I, I think of this. I think that many people don't get to where they want to get in life because they're disorganized. And listen, there are classes you can take to become more organized. There's people in this church. There's friends that could help you. When I was a youth pastor in Lafayette, when I, when I became a youth pastor, um, we had seven kids. And over the next four years, we got to where we had about 130 kids. And so my if you came in my office, six months was planned out. And so somebody would come, someone would call me. Hey, Terry, you want to bring your kids to a camp meeting next Thursday? I would laugh at them. I don't, No, I don't. Well, why not? I say, man, I have 130 kids. Every time I go somewhere, I load two buses up. Two buses to Astroworld, two buses to, to wherever, you know, wherever we go. That's how many kids we have. So I can't just say, oh, tomorrow i got to plan that out six months in advance at, at, at least. And, and what I found is this. That the other youth pastors in town, they 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 were just as anointed as I was and all that, but they weren't organized. And if and if you're not organized, you know, listen. You say God will give you what you can what you can properly manage. And if He gives you something, you don't manage it, it diminishes. And if He gives you something and you manage it well, it increases. It's it's just it's a it's a law that's so that that's very very importantly. So the, so if we, if we want to increase our effectiveness, if we want to be more successful, it's very clear that, that people who really uh, maximize their potential, they have learned to manage their life really efficiently. And, and, and they, they, you find that they're not wasting time, they're not wasting resources, they know where they're going, and, and, and they're on it. Now, here's the important thing. If you and I, if you're here and you're like, man, Terry, I just want to do better in life. I want to be a better husband, father. I just want to do all this. Then it's very, very clear. You have to know what you want to do. And you have to begin to manage your life. And, I mean, think about it. Another way to evaluate your life is to keep a, keep a log of how you spend your time this week. Because people always tell me they don't have time. But I ask them to keep a log of their time for a week. And then they don't want to come see me. Hey, we got, we got 14 hours of television, man. That was critical and urgent. It was a season finale, you know. So, 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 so think about this. Um, and again, whenever I speak these things, I don't want anyone to feel bad. But listen, if you haven't been managing your life well, let's start this week. Let's start this month. Let's increase our effectiveness so that God can use us more. Let's eliminate the things that aren't necessary. Let's eliminate the things that aren't useful. Hey, let's eliminate the things that, there are some things we do that we just hate to do, it's not productive, and God doesn't want us to do it. Let's get rid of it. Get rid of it. I mean, hey, use me, go this week and say, I can't do it. You say, why? Pastor said. (laughs) Actually, I've got some emails about that, so please don't give them my email. But I mean, the, the the better thing would say, I can't do that because that's not what God wants me to do. That's not how God wants me to spend my money. Would you stand with me today? Would you take just a minute? Just take just a minute and and think about your life and think about, man, am I happy with how I'm managing my life? Am I happy with how I'm using my time? Am I hitting all my targets in life? Uh, am I increasing in life? And is God Am I saving time for God to use me in certain situations? Just think about that for a moment and we're going we're gonna to close in prayer here in just a minute. Be here this this morning, and you may say, "Man, Terry, the the Holy Spirit just really helped me to identify some areas in my life that that I, I really haven't been managing well. I haven't been taking care of it. I and I need to guard it more, and I need to change some things. And I, I just want the I want to ask God to help me this morning. Would you just raise your hands, to so the Lord, Father God? We come before you and. Lord you give us our lives you give us our families you give us our careers you